You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. It's time to break down the back end of the games here of week number seven. Let's do that right here as another episode of Locked On Fantasy Football begins right now. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, uh, we're here in week number seven. We got to talk about the back half of the schedule. We have uh, 13 games. We talked about six there on Matchup Wednesday. It's Matchup Thursday here. So welcome into the show. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available for you on all platforms. So good stuff. We'll break down uh, all the games here all the way through uh, Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, the Colts at the 49ers, and the Saints at the Seahawks. Very similar games there developing. But let's uh, dive right in here. Again, if you missed a breakdown of the first six games, we did that on Matchup Wednesday. And we'll look at DFS tomorrow there on Lineup Friday on Locked On Fantasy Football. All right, Jets, Patriots, not a big fantasy football bonanza here, but Jets coming off a bye. They lost to the Falcons of London previously. They're uh, seven-point underdogs here in New England. New England has yet to win a home game, but they've had some tough ones of late. We know with the Buccaneers and Cowboys, 42-and-a-half is the over-under, so not expecting a lot here. Let's start with the Patriots. We know what's going to happen, a grindy game with the running back, so a lot of Damian Harris, a lot of Ramondre Stevenson, so they should put up numbers in this one. The Jets' run defense is really bad. They can allow multiple backs to go off. We saw that before the bye with uh, Mike Davis and Corderell Patterson here for the Jets' defense. The Jets are actually pretty good against the pass, so I think the Patriots are going to keep it simple with win with running game and defense, go back to that formula. They liked Matt Jones, and they were encouraged what, what he did with the Bucks and Cowboys, but they didn't win those games. And uh, a little bit out of their element there. So they want to go back to what they're doing here at home, get well game for their winning formula here. So a lot of Harrison or a lot of Harris. I like him as a solid RB one this week with his volume, no injury report designation there at all for him this week, which is a great sign. Reminder Stevenson is a change of pace receiving back, which should supplement him well. And the Patriots should win this game rather handily here. So <clears throat> that's good news here for them uh, elsewhere. You can look at Hunter Henry. He's on fire. The Jets can struggle to cover the tight end. They're still a bit weak at safety. And linebacker have some injury there, too. But I'm not going to extend too far. Jacoby Myers, if you need him a slot. The Jets are actually pretty good on the outside. So Myers, if you need him as a wide receiver, three, given all the buys, that's fine. Hunter Henry, for sure, is a top 12 tight end. And the running back's uh, very valuable today. Again, Damian Harris bumps up to me, I think, to an RB1 status this week. Borderline at worst, a high-end RB2. And Ramondre Stevenson, an appealing flex play. And the Patriots defense, number one on the board really this week, other than maybe the Rams and Lions. And uh, that's the next game we'll actually break down here for you. Now, 
Jets side of things, I can't really feel great about much. Michael Carter, you can put him in as a flex at this point. I mean, he's getting the volume. He's getting the goal line work. He's getting most of the receiving work. I think his role will be expanded after the bye. I would suggest backfield, but you can't trust Zach Wilson in the passing game. Anyone there, Corey Davis and the like against his Patriots, a pass defense, really brutal. I know last week CeeDee Lamb went off, but that's the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. This is Wilson and his receivers here. So avoid most of the Jets, but if you need one, I think you can definitely think about Michael Carter. More as a flex, but uh, you might need him as an RB2 given uh, some of the situations with other players this week. All right, speaking of that Lions-Rams game, this one is in Los Angeles. 15 and a half point favorites the Rams are at home. A Matthew Stafford revenge game. It's also a Jared Goff revenge game. The number's 15 and a half, but it implies more <clears throat> the Rams will do whatever they want in this one. Cooper Cup will smash. He's a wide receiver one. I think Robert Woods can also have a big game. He starts as a wide receiver two for me this week in uh, all formats. I wouldn't go with Tyler Higby. I think the big plays are going to be too easy. I don't know who the big play is going to be. Probably Van Jefferson uh, making a dart throw touchdown there. If you're looking for someone to stretch the field, we've seen that with Matthew Stafford in these type of matchups. But the Rams are going to have uh, their pick of whatever they want to do. So that's why I think it's going to be a simple Cup and Woods game, and they'll just dominate here in the line secondary without a question. Daryl Henderson should also smash it. Let's watch Sonny Michelle if he gets any work here. That could boost Henderson even more here this week. Michelle uh, didn't practice early in the week with a shoulder injury, so we'll watch that. But Henderson looked fantastic last week in another smash spot against the Giants. He's going to be good as well as an RB1. So, yeah, I think you could have multiple wide receiver ones and an RB1 and a Maybe QB number one overall this week in Matthew Stafford. You know he's going to want to light up the Lions. Uh, he loves the Lions. He played his uh, whole career there before this year, before the trade. 2009, first overall pick. Jared Goff, the first overall pick in 2016 on the other side. So Stafford will be motivated. He'll put up the numbers here. And the Rams defense to clean it all up uh, here. So everyone, I think, except Tyler Higby, because I just don't think they're going to need Higby all that much. I could see a scenario also where if Michelle plays through the shoulder injury where he gets some touches behind Henderson here a little bit more, given this game script is going to be so heavily in the favor of the Rams holding a big lead in the second half, even maybe more so than the blowout of the Giants last week. Now for the Lions, what do you go with offensively? It's the same. DeAndre Swift, hope for a touchdown, some garbage work in the passing game in trail mode here. He should be busy as a check down guy here for Jared Goff. And T.J. Hawkinson at tight end, uh, the Rams can struggle there. They might see Jalen Ramsey on Hawkinson a little bit, but a little bit tougher matchup for him. So <clears throat> I would say Hawkinson in garbage time, Swift in garbage time. Those are your guys again here for the Lions. All right, so there takes care of two more games on the schedule on the back end of your Week 7 NFL schedule from a fantasy football perspective. This episode is brought to you by rockout.com. With ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, is now possible for your local chain. Auto parts, storage, stock, all the parts you need. Why are you often pointless or seemingly intimidating question? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing their own brand, their rest of is carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose spend 30, 50, even 100% more of the same parts from a chair, chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need for any car that you have. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car truck. Right locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box and know that we sent you. 
Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Find them at rockauto.com. All right, let's uh, continue the show here. Again, thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, let's uh, continue here looking at the games of week number seven on the back end. Now we get into that later afternoon window. We already had uh, the Los Angeles game. Let's tackle the Las Vegas game. The Eagles and Raiders. I like the Eagles to go in to Las Vegas. I think it's going to be a very pro-Philly crowd here in Allegiant Stadium. 49.5 is the over-under, and the Raiders are only favored by three. We know the Raiders are up and down when you think they're going to do really well. They don't. Then last week, we probably didn't have a lot of expectations going to the Broncos game. They liked them up. The John Gruden uh, dismissal might have uh, kind of recharged them and sparked them. But now they're a week removed from that. So now it gets back to the reality moving on here with Rich Bisaccia as their interim head coach. Let's see what they get here uh, out of this one. And I don't think this is a great matchup for Derek Carr. He's got a bad finger. The Eagles have a good inside pass rush. The Raiders inside offensive line is not very good. And you also have uh, Colton Miller. <clears throat> the offense tackle comes in the game banged up here. So that's not good. The, Ra- the Eagles can get after it with pressure with Jonathan Gannon's defense. They also have big play Darius Slay in the secondary. And the Steven Nelson's also playing pretty well for this team. So that's not really good news for Henry Ruggs the third. The Eagles also play two deep safety. So they protect against the long ball here. A lot better than the Broncos do. So you're not going to see that kind of determined. So pressure in Derek Carr's face, maybe a little bit more on the edge this week, plus uh, containing the big play. So not a Henry Ruggs third game, but I think that could be very beneficial to Darren Waller. We saw O.J. Howard scored for the Bucks last week against the Eagles. They're vulnerable there underneath. So good Darren Waller situation. Very good Hunter Renfro situation working the slot there. Eagles are kind of thin there with uh, Avante Maddox as their slot corner. So really like Renfro and Waller to rebound. Last week was more of a rugs game and the running backs. I mean, Kenny Drake, I think, could get a little bit more involved. But I do like Josh Jacobs. You can run on the Eagles. So Drake, too sporadic of usage to go there. But Drake, Drake uh, kind of really kind of maybe sparked Jacobs a little bit last week. It wasn't a big game for Jacobs, but good volume and still a touchdown there. So I can see that. So Go with the running game, the underneath receivers this week for the Raiders, more so than Derek Carr and and Ruggs. So I really like uh, Waller and Renfro to come through, not necessarily with monster games, but very solid efforts here in this one uh, with uh, Jacobs. Also, finding the end zone one more time. On the Eagles side of things, I like pretty much everything. Jalen Hurts, I think they're going to reestablish Miles Sanders more. They saw flashes of him against the Buccaneers in week six. They're going to use Cannon Gainwell more. So Gainwell and Sanders should get a lot more run in this game. The Raiders are pretty vulnerable against the run. You don't want to just drop back against that pass rush, Max Crosby and company. So Devonta Smith has a great matchup here. The Raiders secondary can't keep up with him. So he'll rebound. And it was a bit disappointing in the Buccaneers. I also like Dallas Goddard coming back from the COVID-19 list. He'll be an impact player without Zach Ertz anymore. So he's the man at tight end. He's really the number two target or code number one there with Devonta Smith. So, Smith and Goddard, along with Hurts. Smith and Moore is a wide receiver three with upside. Goddard clearly as a tight end one. Miles Sanders as an RB2. And uh, Kenneth Gainwell, if you're desperate, you can use him as a flex this week. And Hurts, top five quarterback for me this week in this uh, particular matchup. So I like the Eagles to go in and win. Again, like I said, uh, but 
that means their principles are going to do some damage. I also like the Eagles' defense to get after Carr a little bit, force some turnovers, a lot like we saw in that Sam Darnold game in Carolina a few weeks ago. All right, the next game we'll talk about is the Bears-Buccaneers game. The Bears are 12.5-point underdogs in Tampa. This is a 425 Eastern Time game on Sunday. 47 is the over-under, so not expecting a lot of points. That means we're not expecting the Bucs to kind of light up the Bears. The Bears' defense is pretty solid in a lot of areas. They have a shutdown corner there in Jalen Johnson. They're pretty decent against the run. So I would temper my expectations for Mike Evans because Johnson's a pretty big corner, and he's the guy that you can target there in coverage most. And then looking at Leonard Fournette, I don't think it's going to be as easy sledding in the running game as we've seen in previous weeks for the Buccaneers. I know you have to be scared about <clears throat> their passing game with Tom Brady, but I think more of a solid game from Tom Brady, the 215-2 range. Hopefully it'll be a little bit better than the Eagles' performance last week. But, yeah, they do have Kendall Victor, a guy that you can target in the secondary, but some good players back there, Eddie Jackson, Tishon Gibson, Jeff Kilwell Mack and uh, on the pass rush here. So, yeah, uh, you might not have Robert Quinn, however, who uh, is on the COVID-19 list, so that could open things up and not uh, allow an extra pass rusher at Brady. But I'm going to temper 252. Antonio Brown is an ankle injury. He's a little bit banged up. We'll see how he is later in the week. There's no concern about that right now. But that's what's happening here. Evans always gets a tough matchup. They have Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown avoiding that and doing some damage here. So I don't think Brown goes off in this one. The Bears are not necessarily a big play person, but Godwin game should get uh, more the possession type receiver who can get the scheme himself open. So again, solid game from Brady, not spectacular. Rob Gronkowski probably going to stay on the shelf with his ribs injury here. So the Bucs will probably win this game with defense. But I also like on the other side, Justin Fields. He's starting to get the volume, which he needs, uh, both passing and running. And you've got uh, Darnell Mooney coming on as receiver, Allen Robinson. So some garbage time available for those guys. Do not like the running back situation with Khalil Herbert. Damian Williams returns. It's a little bit better because he can catch passes. The Bucks do get a lot of checkdowns and the production to running backs that way. But straight up running, Khalil Herbert <coughs> would be shut down as well as Williams in that aspect. So, yeah, I do like Mooney. Uh, He's more of a wide receiver two this week for me. Allen Robinson, you hope for the best, but the production says he's dropped down to wide receiver three as long as uh, Justin Fields is in there. Fields is a back end, a deeper league, QB1 and 14-teamer. You could certainly play him if you've got some bi-week issues. He's really cheap in DFS. We'll talk about more of that on Friday, but yeah. So there's some opportunities here for the Bears, just more of the passing game than the running game this week. And the Bucks again, will be solid. They'll do what they need to do, but don't be disappointed here knowing that the Bears are, don't offer a lot of resistance and also a pretty tough defense. It's always a tough situation for fantasy football. All right. We have three more matchups to talk about. We'll do that in our final segment. I do, before we do that, I got to tell you about Bet Online. We're back and better than ever at Bet Online. New web interface for the start of the basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new web, updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and the UFC. Right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, it's uh, time to close the show. Looking at the last three matchups here, 
on the docket for week number seven. Uh, we go to the most lopsided affair of the week, 17 and a half. So we had a 15 and a half spread, 12 and a half spread. The Cardinals are favored by 17 and a half. The over-under is a little bit disappointing. It's 47 and a half. So <clears throat> we're expecting a lot of Cardinals, not much Texans in this game. Texans, it's simple. We say it every week. It's Brian Cooks as a wide receiver three with some wide receiver two upside, but that's about it. We're not going with the running backs the way they're using them. No other receivers can be relied upon all that much. So, yeah, take it off the board. They're on the road here. The Cardinals, this is a revenge game for DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt. So, DeAndre Hopkins, there's no way DeAndre Hopkins doesn't get at least 100 and a touchdown in this game against his weak Texan secondary. So, they're going to get involved. You know how important it is for him. J.J. Watt's going to get some sacks. And Cardinals defense, another great play this week at home in the desert against the lowly Texans. So, yeah, great matchup all around. Now, it's going to be hard to get all the wide receivers to come through that aren't Hopkins because I don't think you'll see a lot of high volume here from Kyler Murray. <clears throat> they should be able to run the ball pretty well, however, with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. So get the scoring in early. Last week it worked out pretty well because Hopkins and Christian Kirk and A.J. Green all scored. Rondell Moore was left out of the fun. So it's really hard to know between Kirk – and more and green who will produce. Now that's the funny thing is you, you can feel somewhat good about starting one of them, but you have to realize that it comes to the risk. It's a high risk, high reward play for any of those Cardinals receivers because Kyler Murray's on point. He can go anywhere at any time with these guys at this point. So Hopkins feel really good about the other guys. I mean, at your own risk, but all can have some wide receiver three or flex value here for you this week and hope for the best and hope that Kyler Murray can feed enough mouths here when you also include running backs and tight end Zach Ertz. So that's yet another person we have to worry about. They traded for Ertz last week after he uh, played against the Buccaneers. So they'll probably get Ertz involved somehow. The Texans are not very good in tight end defense. So really it's pick their poison however they want here to uh, take care of the Texans. And that's sometimes frustrating because you know they can do whatever they want. It's just a matter where the volume and uh, favoritism kind of uh, ends up here. But yeah. Feel good about Hopkins and Murray and the defense. And then everyone else uh, has viability just by the matchup alone here this week against the Texans. And the next game we'll talk about the Colts and 49ers. This is a Sunday night game, not the most dazzling Sunday night game. Carson Wentz probably placing Jimmy Garoppolo here. Four and a half is the spread. 44 and a half is the over-under. Let's look at the Colts here. T.Y. Hilton back on the shelf with a quad injury. We'll see if he can go this one. Paris Campbell had one big play, and he went down for the season here for the Colts. So he's going to be out of the game. So we know that's good news for Michael Pittman Jr. because he was really quieted with Hilton doing this thing, coming back right from injury. You had Campbell make a big play. Now it's time for Pittman to get back on track here as the preferred receiver really overall for Carson Wentz. So watch Hilton. I doubt he plays, returns from a different injury this week with a quad. No Campbell, so. I think Pittman is a great play this week as a wide receiver, too, with some upside. <clears throat> I also like Mo Ali Cox at tight end if they have those wide receiver limitations here. Another good Jonathan Taylor game. He's locked and loaded here every week as an RB1. Carson Wentz, a good streaming time for him with Pittman and Mo Ali Cox and some of the other weapons they could have out there, including Zach Pascal, to make some plays against his 49ers depleted secondary. So another solid game here for Wentz as a streamer. Again, Taylor can finish in the top. 5-10 to 10 again here with his production. He had a massive uh, couple weeks here, and he stays hot here with a good volume. And uh, again, Pittman, 
needs a little bit of help there to be the man at wide receiver, but that will happen in this game. On the 49ers, Garoppolo should be taking over. He's working with limited practice with his calf injury while Trey Lance is not practicing. So it's not going to be Trey Lance, but Jimmy Garoppolo's good. That's good for Debo Samuel's value. He's the wide receiver one for me this week. Brandon Ayuk, if you're desperate, I think he might be back on track here as a sneaky wide receiver three or flex play with George Kittle still on the shelf. If you're struggling really bad at tight end, you're battling bye week issues, uh, you can look at Ross Dwelly. He's the super sub for George Kittle. He'll be playing in this one. The Colts can give up numbers to that position. We know that. So Dwelly is someone you can look in if you're really hurting there at wide receiver, but or tight end, I should say. But Samuel and Ayuk at wide receiver certainly have some viability. As far as the backfield, I'm not going to trust that it's going to be a lot of Elijah Mitchell in this one. I know he's fully healthy, but could they have seen more out of Trey Sermon than they like? Do they have Jermichael Hasty or someone else in the mix that's coming back? We just don't know with the 49ers. I would rather avoid the Colts run defense. It's pretty good now that they are uh, got their healthy bodies. So I'm going to avoid there this week. And I do like the two defenses if you need them, but not thrilled because these are two teams in general that are protecting the ball rather well. And I think this is going to be a higher scoring game than people think here in week seven. <clears throat> the final game of week seven is your Saints and Seahawks game. The Saints are four and a half point favorites in Seattle. It's 42 and a half is the over under. Now, with this one, uh, it's Geno Smith. So let's get through the Seahawks. I mean, you're going to start DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They're probably dropped down to wide receiver three at best because of Geno Smith. So tough break there, but we got to play them. I mean, we don't really have a lot of better options here with a massive bye week and you're just talented guys that can get the job done. And the Saints secondary, I know they have Marshall Lattimore, but it's not the world-beating total shutdown secondary. So you're still going to roll out uh, Lockett and Metcalf again. Think of them more as wide receiver threes now until Russell Wilson comes back. That's the effect of Wilson. They're both weekly wide receiver ones when he's there. So there's that. In the backfield, we'll see if Alex Collins can play with his hip and glute injuries. You know, uh, we have a Chris Carson missing game. Rashad Penny could be activated. So this backfield could be an absolute mess between Penny and Collins if they work in DJ Dallas. Ooh, it could be pretty bad there for Seattle. The Saints run defense is pretty good. We know that as well. So I'm thinking I'm going to avoid the, the Seahawks' backs this week. Start the receivers. That's all we can go. We're not going to stream Geno Smith. We're not going to play their defense here this uh, game either, even though you have James Winston and his turnover-prone ways on the other side because they've been less turnover-prone there. So look, Winston's not a bad streamer this week. I think you can get it done with Marcus Callaway. I just don't see a lot of volume there. So you're looking at a low-ceiling, medium-floor play if you go with Winston there. So keep that in mind if you're playing him based on the matchup. Callaway is going to be solid. He still is the number one. Michael Thomas not quite returning here. We'll see if somebody else gets involved here, but the only guy I'm trusting for the receiving floor is Callaway. I also love Alvin Kamara this week. I mean, Seahawks run defense is bad. They gave up a big game overall, all purpose from scrimmage to uh, Najee Harris last week. So Kamara will build on that this week. So it should be Alvin Kamara show, a little bit of Marquez Callaway there. Winston, if you really need him, I think you can play him in deeper leagues, but shallow leagues I would avoid. Winston this week. And the Saints defense, you can look at them against Geno Smith, having Lattimore, some of the players they have up front, Cameron Jordan, to uh, wreak some havoc there against Smith. And Smith, we know from his history with the Jets, can be turnover prone. So there you have it. There's a breakdown now for the back end seven games of week number 
seven here in Locked On Fantasy Football. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Again, tomorrow we'll close the week with uh, our DFS look. We call it Lineup Friday, where we look at DraftKings and FanDuel targets based on price points, whether you're playing cash games or tournaments there for the players with the best values, as well as injury updates you need to know going into the weekend. And any of the takeaways that you need from uh, the game against the Broncos uh, for the Browns here on Thursday night. Uh, now make your second listen here on the network. Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock, former NFL scout, Matt Williamson, give you the expert in NFL analysis. Less than 30 minutes are free and available on all platforms. For this show, Locked on Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great day. Good luck if you start anyone Thursday, and we'll see you to wrap the week on Lineup Friday tomorrow.